0: Hey guys, um, just a quick heads up. Uh, this week's episode is a lot shorter than usual because Tom had to leave halfway through, and um, yeah, and uh, just just a heads up. Uh, this episode is pretty depressing, so just just uh, just just keep that in mind. So it's not gonna be like ha ha ha, like there's gonna be a lot of laughs and stuff like that, but it's it's a it's a lot more depressing than usual. So keep that in mind while you're listening to this, and. uh, Hopefully we'll come back with a longer episode next time. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to another episode of L. Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah. I'm Tom. And, uh, I'm just gonna come out and say it. There's nothing to talk about this week. This week is just, ah, it's given me nothing. Nothing.
1: It's a very depressing week as well. When, <laughs> what, what we got to talk about? That's pretty much uh, it, so.
0: Okay, you know what? I'm, got, I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna start with the most obvious one. We're, we're just gonna get this one out the way first because it's the least depressing. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, depending on depending on your perspective, but uh, we can add another thing. We can add another fucked up thing to the Power Rangers franchise.
1: Oh yes, we can. Very, very, very sadly. No.
0: So, apparently what happened, and this is real, this is no bullshit, this actually happened. Someone tried to assassinate Jason David Frank at a comic convention.
1: Did yeah, I believe he was the Punisher? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You do wonder about people's mental state and health sometimes, that make them go and do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, uh and usually we we don't touch about on topics such as this but this shocked me. This legit shocked the shit out of me because uh, what can you say? You know, it's like I mean people go to these conventions because they want to get away from the bullshit that's going on in the world and the fact that that, that these places aren't even safe anymore just uh it just
1: uh
0: fuck man.
1: <laughs> yeah. For those are wondering, um I think it was in Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix. Um at a Phoenix Comic Con. Um normal routine day. I think it was the first day of the actual con itself, or the second day, I can't remember. But um what happened was um a guy um managed to get in a live loaded gun into the convention center and luckily, thank uh, thank you to the security team and for the Phoenix the Police Department, they managed to retain the sus the suspect without anyone getting hurt or harmed. In the meantime of it, but as I was going for the news reports, um, ABC covered this. I'm not 100 sure any other news outlets have covered this as well, but they're probably more than likely that the venue people who are running the venue and the security team, when they were questioned about it by the, the press. Um, they admitted that they didn't lock the back door for, for, for the event in the actual building and he got through the back entrance yep. by a door that wasn't locked and was unmanned yep. by security. and I just want to quickly mention this. I used to work in security and I've done it for five years and Jesus Christ, that is a fuck up, a massive fuck up.
0: Um, Have you ever... Do you remember the Simpsons episode with Homer's brother?
1: Yes, I remember. With the
0: car and then the the headline that reads Blunder of the Century? Yep. Oh, God. That, that's, the, that's the con. <laughs> that is the con in... That's the con staff in general.
1: Yeah, oh my God, that was uh, awkward. <laughs> um... Since that, um, Jason David Frank has made a statement. If you haven't seen it, you can go over to his Facebook page and Twitter page. I know it's up there. But, um, yeah, it, it was something scary. It, like, he, he seemed very calm and collected in the video. Did you um, feel, got that feeling?
0: I mean, the guy was a former MMA fighter, and he's a gun owner, so I don't think that much phases him. To be
1: quite honest, no. well, he said he did Power Rangers. I think that's probably the biggest score in his life. They mm. all, but you know, <laughs> you, you know, but he's. It he, he seemed, seemed like he wasn't rattled by it personally, but um, he, he did admit, to, yeah, it was scary. But you know, he's not going to let it stop stop him getting on with his day to day life, which was being a, as he said, a quote-unquote celebrity, you know?
0: Because he's been doing the convention um, circuit for, I think, since 2014, he's been doing the convention circuit. So, yeah, a good couple of years now.
1: Yeah, so he's not going to let it faze him. Yeah, he he did say that his family and his daughter were, um, his wife and his family daughter basically were upset when they heard the news, but he told them, look, everything's fine. The police done their job, I'm safe, but I'm going to continue doing this, I'm going to continue going to be here, continue seeing throughout the dates, you know?
0: Because again, it's like, like I said, people go to these conventions because they want, you know, to get away from the crazy shit that's going on in the world right now, but just to be, you know, just to be reminded of it is just, just horrifying.
1: yeah. Well, I mean, it's like um I was speaking to my family friend. I did mention this to a door before we started the podcast. Uh My mum's friend um is an event organizer. So she's in charge of organizing events like Comic Con, for instance, in here in the UK, in London. And I did ask her about it. She said that's a massive oversight from anyone's part, you know, but it's it, running something that big as a comic convention take a lot of hard work. So, you know, it's understandable they might miss something. Unfortunately, they missed the back door, literally. You know?
0: I mean, yeah, it depends. Especially if it's a large convention center, you're you're bound to miss something. But, again, these cons, especially if you go to, like, big cons, they're heavy on security. Yeah. Like, they're really heavy. And I've been to, like, two big, three big cons, and they were really heavy on security yeah you know and they kind of have to be and i kind of i i feel sorry for the cosplayers because like frank said it's like it, this is gonna affect cosplay moving forward because you know a lot of people like to make prop weapons and you know
1: well there was um with like i mentioned um, here in london it literally just this weekend has just gone to the time this recording um yeah, they did ban some weapons at appearing and sort of thing. And keep in mind, during the time of this recording, when this, this did happen, we just had the terrorist attack on Manchester here in the UK. And um, you can imagine that. And then the whole thing with the con thing, you can imagine how tight they were on security there. I know Phoenix Comic Con, I know they, um, after real weapons assault, I think they have banned uh, weapons, um firearms basically anything that looked like a firearm or weapons they banned it from the con i don't know if they're gonna uplift that for the next following con but apparently after that they banned all weapons and that's including lifesavers Lightsabers. <laughs> no seriously uh, weapons from fictional shows apparently um yeah uh, but i'll read out the statement here uh, phoenix comic-con has forented a list of items banned by this move, including, but not limited to the following. It's basically, basically, um, eagle weapons like swords, knives, throwing knives, stars, etc., impact weapons, club, bats, staffs, nunchuck, shields, hammers, martial art weapons, um, archery weapon, crossbows, bows, arrows of all type, and then here's the best one. Weapons from fictional sources. Lifesaver, plasma, Weapons, laser, and uh, photon rifles. <laughs> Seriously.
0: <coughs> they so, actually made a statement on it. <laughs> so the only thing you can cosplay as is Doctor Who, because they didn't ban Sonic Screwdrivers yet.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you you know, they probably say something along the lines of um, say, oh no, look, here, here's a real weapon, oh dear. You know, it's a knife, sorry.
0: (laughs) I mean, I know, I can understand, like, okay, swords, yeah, I understand, it's always been a controversy at these things where it's like, okay, you can't can't have realistic swords, that's always been a rule, and you couldn't have any any blades or swords, you know, that are realistic. You are allowed to sell them, but they have to be contained, you know, in, in packaging until they leave the center.
1: Yeah, I remember, yeah.
0: So that was always been a rule that that's been a rule since two thousand and nine I've been to the two thousand and nine comic con at at San Diego, and they had that rule and that's been around for a while now and I remember you could show weapons like in display cases, but you could you know you weren't allowed to you know touch them
1: yeah I mean I remember at london um MCM comic con you can have weapons, but you need to make sure it's obviously, it's not real. Well, duh. <laughs> yeah, well, but, um, like I said, it, it never really has been a problem, um, here in London, but, um, with, with anything like that. But now because this happened, I can imagine it's going to affect worldwide on cosplaying. And also, I think security measures are going to make going to be even harder now for convention, on convention, comic, comic book conventions now, you know? Yeah, one it's,
0: guy. Gonna be, it's gonna be a nightmare now. Yeah. Because again, you know, the problem with. I have personally, and I don't wanna. I don't wanna turn this into a political statement, but I kinda have to here because. I hate it whenever a tragedy happens and then you know what happens after that. The, the, you have the nanny state come out and they're like, no, 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 we have to do this because we have to keep you safe. We have to keep you safe. And it's just like. We're not children, okay? Like, there's a difference between keeping someone safe and, 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 you know, treating them like children. Yeah. So, it's, it's, it sucks, but, you know, what can you do? You know? A guy got in, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, the, I'm I'm not gonna mince words here. The con is at fault as well because they're stupid enough to not have someone guard the back fucking door and leave it open. You know, it's just
1: ludicrous.
0: Yeah, it's it's just retarded. It really is. And and uh, and shame on the convention staff. Shame on them for letting something this stupid uh, happen. This call could have been avoided if they had just someone lock lock the door and and keep a lookout for it.
1: Definitely for sure.
0: So yeah, so just another just another fucked up thing you can add to the Power Rangers franchise. Yep. And for those that don't know, if you look at the behind the scenes stuff of the Power Rangers franchise, there's a lot of fucked up shit <laughs> that, that went on that went on with that brand.
1: Yep. It just oh man.
0: It's it's the Power Rangers curse, man. It just it just keeps coming. <laughs> you think you think you're done, but you're not. You're not.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, because like all the rest of the cast, all the original OG Power Ranger was actually at the MCN London Comic Con. So that's actually kind of interesting. Because apparently, when I spoke to my mate Tom about it, who was there filming it, he did he did say that they, they did they did talk about it a little bit.
0: <laughs> well, duh! How could they not? Well, yeah, and and for those that don't know, this is like, you know, for example, just giving you an example of like some of the fucked up shit that's happened with Power Rangers in the past. There was what was it? The Blue Ranger getting harassed by the by the producers for being gay and and all the shit he went through during his life.
1: Um, was it the Operation Overdrive? Um, Black Ranger um, stealing some charity work.
0: And getting himself banned from from every convention ever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. God. Who else? Oh, the wi- uh, the Wild
0: Force. Wild beef. Force the Force. Wild Force beef. Oh my God, that's a good one.
1: Yeah, but also the Red Wild Force Ranger being committed for uh, being done for murder, manslaughter.
0: Yeah, allegedly killing someone with a sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just fucked up. It really is, and and this is just another just another thing that that happens with, with this franchise it's just you know it is what it is and and uh i'm just glad no one got hurt
1: yeah
0: so and uh like i said this is going to be a depressing depressing episode so we're just going to keep keep moving forward um so um, we, we, t- we talk about celebrity deaths uh, on this, on this show. We've, we've talked about a lot of celebrity deaths in, in the past, and, uh, and this is no exception. Yep. Um, let's, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Roger Moore unfortunately passed away. He's no longer with us. Um,
1: yeah. He, he died from a short battle, battle with cancer, from what, what I read in the news reports.
0: And, um, uh, it's shocking because a lot of people don't know this, but Moore is actually older than Sean Connery.
1: Yeah, he he died at the age of eighty nine.
0: Yeah, and, and and Connery's like what 80, 80, 80
1: what eighty two or something? Yeah, he he's in his early eighties, from what I can remember off the top of my head.
0: Which is kind of funny when you realize that they they replaced. They replaced, you know, his replacement. Uh, when they replaced Connery, they replaced him with someone much older than he was, and he played the role well into his fifties.
1: Yeah, they, they were. They, they made that joke saying that he stayed on Bond for a little bit too long. Um, but no, um, like I said, he seemed out of all the Bonds, he seemed like one of the most genuine, down to earth guys um, who have ever played Bond. Um, it's a shame that he has passed away. Um, like I said, he died from a short battle with cancer. Um, I know here in the UK, they're doing something nice with him. Um, what is it? I know, um, on one of the, the channels, I can't remember which one it was, but, um, but they did show Live and Let Die on television back a while ago. And I think it's tonight during the time it's recording, um, or tomorrow. Um, they're having a special charity fundraising tribute thing to, um, Roger Moore.
0: That's
1: right really cool. Um, basically, all the anyone to go see the film. Um, they do. What they're doing back to back. To, uh, um, I'm trying to remember what two films. It was the first appearance of Jaws.
0: Ah, uh, Spider uh, Love me easily. The yes. best easily the best more Bond movie.
1: Yep, and um, Love me, and I'm trying to remember what the second one is. Hang on, I'm, I'm actually going over the website uh, quickly. Man,
0: Man with a golden gun or what?
1: No, it was not, it's, it's not one of those, but I just remember that, uh, basically all proceeds for these events. I think Odeon's running them, and I think they're in, I don't know if they're in selected cinemas, I think it might be worldwide, but it's for one night only. They're gonna be showing, um, this, yeah, that's it, um, Moon, and they're showing Spider Love Me and For Your Eyes Only, only For Your Eyes.
0: Oh, yeah. OK, good. <laughs> I was worried. It's like, oh, they're going to show Moonraker. Oh, God, is that awful?
1: <laughs> but no, um, they're showing them back to back. So basically, um, the way it's going to work, they start the the program starts, then um, Spy Loves Me, then they have a break and then for Your Eyes Only afterwards.
0: Also, interesting bit of trivia, the most bo- watched Bond movie on television in the UK is Live and Let Die.
1: Yeah, I know. It is literally is um, it is my favorite Bond film. Any time it's on TV, I watch it.
0: Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I mean, it's it's a it's a. It's not a movie that's aged well because it's. It, you can tell it was a movie. That, oh, it well, was. It was made to capitalize on the black exploitation phase of the seventies, and it shows.
1: Oh, oh, it was, but I thought it was. It, it has that certain charm, and it has one of the best chase sequences in any of the bomb films. And I think that's the speedboat sequence going down the river. I think that that whole sequence is so good.
0: Yeah, that's really good, uh, and the villain was really great. He was really yeah. Great.
1: Oh. Oh, it was funny. I, I, the one thing I would say that dates it really, really badly is the air gun. Oh God, the, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, the gun you shoot someone is, and then, then they blow, and um, they they blow up, literally inflate like a balloon and then blow up.
0: Yeah, it's like, yeah, and 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 that's and that's because here's the thing with Moore. He's he's a his movies are very polarizing because one movie is very down to earth. And the others are cartoonish.
1: Yeah, I mean, Live and Let Die is very cartoonish. Moonraker, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's, that's God. The, yeah, that's the most moonrakish. Oh, why say you saying moonrakish? <laughs> moonrakish? <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, Cartoonish bomb film out there. Well, next. Well, i tell you a lie. Um, Dying of a Day is pretty bad. But oh, yeah. That's so di- di- that's
0: <laughs> I th- I kind of feel sorry for Brosman because out- outside of GoldenEye, all his other movies like, felt. Because cause, here's the thing with Brosman GoldenEye is great. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies and the World is not enough for generic action movies. And, and Die Another Day was just a cartoonish superhero
1: movie. Well, it, that, that did killed off the bomb franchise for nearly over 10 years.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Until they rebooted it with Daniel Craig.
1: <laughs> yeah. Smart decision.
0: <laughs> well, they had to. Have you seen Out Die Another Day"?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I actually went to the theater to see that film. Oh God! <laughs> Back when it first came out in two thousand and two. Who? <laughs> I think it was. Yeah, yeah
0: two thousand two. Yeah. Uh, another bit of trivia: that was Rosamund Pike's first big movie movie role. So I don't
1: know. And also that was an attempt that movie was also an attempt to try to get a spin off series starring with Hadley Berry, which set on the American um, spy company.
0: Yep. That went nowhere.
1: Nope, because the film did so badly. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean I I mean, I like Moore. He's not my favorite, Bond, but I can understand his appeal. I mean, he's one of those guys who uh, one of my biggest complaints about, about, about when people talk about, uh, actor, their dream actors who they want to play Bond is like, is, is class. And to me is like, if you want to get someone to play Bond, you have to get someone who's really classy. And Moore had a, had a level of class that, uh, very few actors could match. In my, in my honest opinion. And, uh, such a shame he's no longer with us. So you know, my condolences go out to his friends and family, and uh, you know, um, it sucks, man. But you know, eighty nine is a uh, is, is, is a good age to go to to, to 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 you know pass away at. It's a long yeah. life. It's a long life.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, rest in peace.
0: Yeah. And Spy Who Loved Me is my favorite Roger Moore Bond movie for anyone who cares. <laughs>
1: it's good. That's a good choice.
0: <clears throat> oh, God. <laughs> Getting choked up. Just just talking about this stuff. Um...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> and right now, we have hearing the door dying.
0: <laughs> sorry i just it's hard it's hard recording and, and like trying to drink a bottle of water at the same time
1: oh my god we, we guys we officially had um one of the one of the people that runs this podcast um drinking and then choke and going down the wrong, wrong windpipe oh <laughs> it's official it's official
0: i mean it's it's a lot to talk about and then well you know this, this episode again mm-hmm. is very depressing and uh Moving on to to probably the most depressing news ever and uh, that happened recently and uh and, uh shit man it's 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 hard to tackle this one it really is because because it's it's I I'm just going to come out and say it like um Snyder announced that he was le- he was leaving he was taking a break from Justice League because um, his daughter committed suicide, and he couldn't deal with the pressure anymore.
1: And he yeah, called. And but... he
0: called. In, and he called in his. Uh, and he called in Whedon to finish up post production work.
1: Yeah, what happened with his daughter? Her daughter committed suicide. And this is his daughter from his first marriage. Um, committed suicide back in March, um, around the time when he was in the middle filming Justice League, and. Um, I give him credit he stuck onto the project and saw it through but afterwards um, when it was all filmed and done
0: it finally got to
1: him yeah it finally got to him and he stepped down and when he did step down apparently um, he was the one who requested he wanted Josh Wheaton to um, oversee the project and finish it off for him Um, yeah um, like I said it it is sad. Um, it is it, it going something through something like that? It's one of these things that you, it's one of these things you should never outlive. If you ever have a child, you should never outlive them. Yeah. You should not, that's, and, um, I know some people who have gone through that, and it is one of the most tragic, tragically, and most upsetting things that can ever happen to you in your life. And, um, yeah, and like I said, um, they are doing the reshoots in the moment. Josh Whedon is overseeing that, so pretty much at the moment they're doing reshoots, filming um, alternative scenes and extra scenes at the moment. Um, pretty much Saxon got no more hands-on involved with the Justice League project now until it gets released in theatres, because that's are all down to Josh Whedon now. Um, with Josh Whedon as well, um, I, I mean... It, 'Cause there've been rumors and I think it's been kinda of confirmed he's supposed to be doing a bat a um, Batgirl film and um I think this kind com of, kind of confirms it just a little bit because he is involved with the D C film and we're not we're not i d I'm just gonna quickly mention this just to get this out of the way, but um he's not on bad terms with Marvel, Disney or anything like that. Apparently we didn't Said that he told Kevin Feige beforehand before it broke out in the news, saying, "Look, I'm going over to Warner Bros to help him finish off the Justice League film," and he he gave his his approval to him and said, "Congratulations! I hope the project goes well for you." And like I say, Zack Snyder could be all the digital filming. A lot of it's going to be overseas. He doesn't want to go overseas. He just wants to stay home now and look after his wife and his family and his children. You know, which is a sensible decision too. Not at all. Right. So, like I said, he's he's not going to be overseeing the project in the stages of um, reshoots and filming extra scenes, all the editing for that matter. Um, that's all going to be down to Josh Whedon now. That's his job. He's he's going to be the person who overseeing everything up to the release of the film. Now,
0: and that and that's that must be very very um, a lot of pressure on him as well, because yeah. Oh god, yeah. Because he knows, like, now that now that he's you know officially working with with Warner Brothers, now they're gonna they're gonna be watching a close eye on him to to see if he's you know got what it takes to 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 impress them. Because if he impresses them, they're gonna give him the Batgirl movie. Because he wants to do the Batgirl movie.
1: Yeah, so. I, I guarantee when they sat down with him um, to have that meeting with him to sign the contract to finish up the Justice League, I guarantee that probably that probably they that was a discussion or somewhere in the deal you know saying right okay i do it but i want to i want to be guaranteed i can do the batgirl film you know
0: so you know that that's you know yeah so. and again i don't think he was ever really under contract with marvel to be quite honest he wasn't you know he no. didn't, he didn't sign no. a multi-picture no. deal like because marvel no. doesn't do that with their directors
1: no, um, that's what I mean, it's like, I mean, Josh Whedon has always had a good relationship with Marvel. And um, like I said, he did tell Kevin Feige before this whole news story broke broke out in the media. Because, like I mean, he's, he's on good, good terms with it. Because at the end of the day, when you think about it, if this Justice, Justice League film does not perform and doesn't do well, it's going to have a knock-on effect for every single superhero film that's going to come out afterwards. You know? It's a business practice. I, I I know that's considering the subject what what we're talking about with Sack Snyder's daughter and everything passing um committing suicide. But as a business practice, um him coming on Volve it's pretty much reassuring Warner Brothers that this film's gonna get made and it should perform well, you know. And apparently it was Sack Snyder that requested it should be Josh Whedon to finish off the project, you know?
0: Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's I can't imagine um going through that no Man, I, I can't you know and 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 just just going through two months' because she he, you know she committed suicide in 8, yeah. in March and he you know stayed yeah. on until 8, may so yeah. I can't
1: I, imagine I, I, that yeah, I will say this about the fans from both marvel and DC. and um, they've been very, very respectful from what I've seen to be honest. Towards yeah. this news, they haven't bickered about it, and they've been very respectful about it. So I give them a hand at that. But like I said, I can't imagine going through something like this. I can't imagine what we must be dealing with at the moment. It's a very. It must be very heartbreaking for him and his wife, and for for, for the rest of his family.
0: And especially, uh, especially when you're a big director of a big budget superhero movie, and you're on you're on you're you're, yeah. you're constantly in the news every single day. Yeah, it's hard to he, keep that private, and that's what he said. He yeah. wanted to keep it private, but he couldn't anymore, and that that sucks.
1: It did. It did explain why, when you, if you've been following this, the um, the Justice League news on the film development and stuff like that, when you when you see him giving interviews and stuff like, that, he did not look happy. He just looked really upset, and he just looked mostly drained and physically drained. And this does explain why he was like that, you know. And um, that's
0: depressing.
1: <laughs> I, I I think what's going to happen with him now, I think. For him, I think he's... After Justice League, I think he's going to step away. Oh, I, can, films I,
0: can see, I can see him taking a huge hiatus after yeah. this, because I cannot imagine him going <laughs> back to work after this. This is just... No.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think if he does... When he does come back to work, he won't, he won't do a big franchise thing. I think he would just do, like, a self-contained film of his own visual creation, you know?
0: Yeah, probably, because... Fuck man, you know, it's just goddamn. Yeah. Just you know, I, I I you know I'm hoping he gets through this and I hope that uh you know um hoping that the final movie, you know lives up to expectations now.
1: Yeah. Totally.
0: And uh good news is um it's not gonna be delayed. It's not going to be pushed back. It's not going to hold the production. It's still going as planned. You know, everyone. I know everyone likes to worry nowadays when it comes to movie productions, but it's okay. You know.
1: Yeah. It's, it's fine, Ooh. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, of Bros wanted to push this back. Because they, they wanted Saxony to continue, but Saxony said, no, bring in Josh Weed and let him finish the film for me. Yeah, good. You know?
0: That, that's what should have happened.
1: Yeah, and that's uh, double I mean. It's like. They want the film to come out. I mean, Zack Snyder, he'd been working on this project for quite a few years now, and I think he wants this project to come out. He wants the fans to see it, you know, to enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I, I can understand why why they made the decision, why they did the read, and why they did change of it and stuff like that. It, it was a mutual, dis- mutual decision, and apparently it was Zack Snyder's decision to step down from the project and let someone else take on after him, you know?
0: And yeah, and I'm happy that that a big studio, you know, did that because, you know, so many times you hear studios saying that they don't, you know, care about about their directors and their vision, but you know, yeah. you know, good on them, good on mm-hmm. Warner Brothers for giving them for giving him the time to grieve. Yeah.
1: So yeah. Oh boy. <sighs> I told, you told you it was
0: depressing. told you it was going to be depressing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was a tough one. That was a tough one.
0: <sighs> God, can we talk about something lighthearted, please? Because I don't want this oh, to end on a. On
1: okay. A... Speaking of. This is slightly lighthearted, a bit more lighthearted. Um, this um, last weekend, that just came out, we saw a lot of films been coming out. A lot of films have not been doing a lot of work well at the box office at the moment. Oh, you mean King Arthur? King After, Baywatch, um, Aeon Covenant. Good fuck that movie. Jesus Christ! A lot of these films that are meant to be coming out for the summer blockbuster have been tanking, really, really bad. Even Pirates of the Caribbean, the new one that just came out, hasn't been been performing that well.
0: Oh, you mean Disney resurrecting a dead franchise and it ends up biting them in the ass? Gee, who would have thunk it? <laughs>
1: I know, right? And it just Oh my god, what on earth has, has happened at the moment at the box office? you, you know, it just almost is like You kind of screwed the preach on this, guys. You know, and, and the thing was, I guarantee Disney were banking on Pope Caribbean to make a lot of money.
0: I, I kinda of feel sorry for Disney because if you pay attention to their to their to their movie to their movie division they're trying so hard to get something else off the ground that isn't Star Wars or Marvel and it's not working.
1: Yeah, and they keep turning to Pixar. You got something? Oh, no, no, no. We don't we, we have something for, for for the next three years. Fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's what makes me laugh. It's like they had, what was it, Alice in Wonderland? That flopped. They had Beauty and the Beast. That underperformed. They had Cinderella, that underperformed. Maleficent, that underperformed. Pete's Dragon, remember that? No one yeah, saw that.
1: <laughs> out of all their live-action films that done well, the only one I can think of is actually Jungle Book. Actually, did well.
0: That was the last. The, that was the last franchise they had.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it, it has not done well at the box office, and again, it's. Um... Yeah, like I said. Um, also, have you heard about about what happened with Pirates of the Caribbean as well? Um, it's been it ran into some really serious problems.
0: Oh, what happened now?
1: Okay, right. I'm just going to say after these words, um, ransom, ransom affair.
0: What the fuck?
1: Okay, um, I can send you a link, a link to it, but what happened was hackers were holding Disney's largest Pilot Caribbean film for ransom.
0: Oh, I know, I, I heard about this, where someone hacked, hacked, hacked the yeah. movie, and they're like, we'll give you the, you know, if you don't pay our ransom, we'll just release a couple seconds of the movie o- online. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is almost as bad. What happened with what was it Twenty century Fox? With um, you remember Wolverine: Origin mean, when the whole entire was it like one of the early cuts of the film got released online?
0: Oh, where some asshole left the DVD um, on on a, on a on a shelf and it said Wolverine DVD copy.
1: Yeah, and someone took it. Yep, this has happened so many times. It happened. to was it? Not. The last series of Doctor Who, but the series beforehand, um, someone managed to, managed to swipe the first four episodes of that show and put it on online, the unfinished edits from them.
0: Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and apparently um, Disney refused to work with the FBI in order to identify the group. So I'm actually really, really curious about that.
0: I'm guessing they don't care that much because they're like, unless they release, you know, some uh, bits of the movie, then we don't care.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I and, so, and from from what I hear they haven't done that, so maybe it's just an empty threat?
1: Maybe they I haven't don't done know. it. The film's already out here in the UK. Well I, mean, so, I mean
0: it's already out, so empty threats are empty threats now. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. So it's already out, so who cares? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we have to wrap this up. Sorry for that. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you later. later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.